The father finished giving thanks at the table. Says, Amen. And he finished. His eight-year-old son said, Daddy, how come it is that you are always the one to give thanks around the table? The father says, because I am the head of the home. The son said, but Daddy, who made you the head of the home? Before he could answer, his sister answered, who do you think, Mom? <laughs> there was a father who was uh, absent from services for some time. And so the pastor figured that he'd go and visit on a Saturday. Well, he went to the man's home because his children encouraged him to do so. And they were out. They were set it all up. He knocked on the door. Nobody opened. He knocked on the door. Nobody opened. So he figured that he, uh, you know, he was a little embarrassed, a little ashamed, didn't want to talk to him. So he took out his pen and a card and he wrote on it, Revelation 3.20. And he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Push it under the door. He waited for a while. Still didn't. Nobody opened, so he left. Well, next morning, one of the ushers came and says, Pastor, someone left a note in the offering box for you. So he opened it up. And he says, I might not come to church, but I know scripture just like you. Genesis 3.10. Pastor turned to the passage. He didn't remember. He looked at it. He says, he says, I heard you walking in the garden, and I was naked. And that's all it said. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I heard you at the door, he's saying, and I was naked. Then the text goes on, and so I hid myself. <laughs> These fathers are kind of wise, right now, aren't they? Happy Father's Day to all of you who are fathers indeed. Think about it for a moment. Happy Father's Day to all of you who are fathers indeed. A blessed Father's Day. That little phrase there, who are fathers indeed, is a takeoff from Paul's statement in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, where he qualifies and defines which widows are to be assisted by the church. He says, not all widows are such widows, those who are to be assisted. He says, only those who are widows indeed, meaning that there are widows who do not need the assistance of the church because they have their family who can assist them. That's the context. And so it is with fathers. Being a biological father is not necessarily enough of a criteria to be called a father indeed. I believe this is only, this qualification is necessary only if the father is fulfilling the responsibilities and obligation of a father as best to his ability. And so I say again to you, a blessed Father's Day to all who are fathers indeed. And I am thankful for the fact that many of you who are fathers and are here today are in fact fathers indeed. And this is so because you take fatherhood seriously. 
and you regard it as both a privilege and a blessing, a privilege and a responsibility. You realize, as a father who is a father indeed, that there are two primary and basic relationships with which a successful and effective father must be concerned. And those relationships have to do with his God and his family. Two basic primary relationships that the father has to be concerned with is if he is to be a father indeed. A father indeed sees these relationships not as being independent of each other, but rather as being interdependent upon each other. You are fathers who realize that good relationships with God or a good relationship with God always manifests itself in a good relationship with a family. You can never have a man who's in an intimate relationship with God to abandon his wife or children. Likewise, a father indeed realizes that a good relationship with your family encourages and motivates a good relationship with God to keep the family on target and to make, make it possibly for the family as a whole to enjoy God's blessing in their lives and for each member of the family to achieve their fullest potential as an individual. As a father indeed, you realize that God looks to the husband and the father as the spiritual head of the family to bring these two vital relationships into accord with each other. He models godliness before his children and his wife. He models faithfulness before them. A father who is a father indeed realizes and lives out the life on the basis that God's purpose and desires are to be focused on. And that all you have as your basic purpose in life is to glorify God by loving your wife and caring for your children. I believe that it is only such you can really be called a father indeed. In fact, I believe you can also be called a father after God's own heart. As such, you've accepted the fact that you as a father is the head of your home, your wife, and your children. And this is true in spite of the fact that this goes contrary to present-day social and cultural mores and customs. You are committed to obeying the word of God to be the leader in your family even if your wife says no. Now, I thank God for such fathers, fathers who are fathers indeed. And this was going to be my primary focus today. And I was going to make this a lively discussion with a lot of jokes and all of that for fathers, because sometimes we need that, don't we? But you're not going to get that today. Because you see, although this was my theme for today, I have been incredibly impressed and I believe it's by the Holy Spirit I trust so you'll be the one who have to decide that but I believe that I have been impressed to speak to all about to speak to all of us as fathers on a different concern in fact it is a concern which really defines whether or not you are a father indeed because it focuses on a responsibility rather than a blessing of being a father and so I switch this message today after much prayerful thought with this burden, with this conviction upon my heart. Actually, I've been reflecting on this particular situation for some time. And I actually drew the nation's attention to it some eight, nine years ago. 
when I presented a TV special on abortion and then another one on teenage pregnancy. And then I addressed it specifically a few months ago right here on, when I dealt with a series I called Current Social and Moral Dilemmas. And these things were on my heart. But then God started to use certain experiences and situations to impress them even much more on my heart. Especially during the past few weeks. The issue has come up again and again. And it is now on the forefront of the government's social concern. By now I'm sure you realize that I'm speaking about the issue of pornography. And specifically, child pornography. And even more specifically, child internet pornography and the devastating impact this has upon the, the rise in child and women abuse. This has become a real concern. And of course, this is an extremely difficult subject to discuss in such an environment as this that we have this morning. It also makes many of us, it makes me uncomfortable and sometimes it even makes me feel unclean just to talk about it. But I truly feel that today on Father's Day, that this is the time to bring the issue to your attention once again. And I believe this is so because my research has revealed that a major contributor to the spread and increase in child sexual abuse is not only men, but men who are fathers. The research is coming out very clear that a good majority of the men who are involved in child pornography and child abuse as a result are men with children themselves. And they're actually abusing their own children as well as the children of other fathers as they go about their dirty work. Now if this is true, and I believe it is, because there's a lot of research being done on this United States, and it seems that we are hell-bent on mimicking the moral mores of the United States of America. And the same way it's ruining them, it's going to ruin us if we don't put a stop to it. And why this has been impressed upon me so, so much at this time is because the emphasis has been placing upon men who are fathers who are involved in this stuff. And I believe that fathers who are sexually abusing their own sons and daughters and the sons and daughters of other mothers and fathers, they need to be stopped. They need to be checked. If not, this could become one of the major causes for the spiritual and moral destruction of our nation if it is in fact not already the cause. Men, fathers, must stop this vile, despicable, and cruel abuse of their children and their wives. Those who are guilty of such acts must be exposed. They must be helped, and if, necessarily, if necessary, punished to the fullest extent of the law if they persist in their evil behavior. So what has prompted my action today to switch my message, and I prayed much about it in my response, there were two events. One happened several months ago, several weeks ago. A mother in the same assembly called. She asked my advice as to what she should do regarding a shocking discovery related to a 10-year-old a ten, a ten, a ten son's computer-based 
homework. In other words, it was homework given to her 10-year-old son to be done using the internet as a resource. Then the, the computer was in the boy's room, and as she was passing by, she looked at the computer, and he was printing out something from the internet and said she was shocked to see some of the most horrible and terrible pornographic materials she's ever seen from a 10-year-old. So she asked, what's happening here? What are you doing? He says, Mom, this was one of the sites that was given to me by my teacher for my research. So I said, you go talk to that teacher right now. Let her know that if they don't do anything about stopping this, I will discuss it on the radio. And I will call the name of the school. So she went and she talked to the teacher. At first, the teacher was offense and saying that this boy is old enough to make his own decision. See? That's here. She had a struggle. She had to go all the way up, and they were resisting it. Actually, still in the process to some degree. And if it isn't solved, you will bet you will hear me talking about it on ECB. Why? Because if teachers are giving our 10-year-olds sites, pornographic sites. What is going to happen to our children? That was the first thing. But of course, some weeks ago, the Tribune came out a report that a site, a pornographic site, had just been published on the Internet. This site featured Bahamian girls, children, young people, school kids, being photographed in the most lewd positions. Imaginable. In fact, even the sex act itself was caught. Right here, from sunny Bahamas. Tropanes. That's what they're doing. And using some of our own sons and daughters. And here's the thing. In less than an hour after the site was put up, published, over 5,000 hits from the Bahamas was recorded. What is a hit? Someone going to the site, clicking on the site to look at it. Over 5,000 from the Bahamas looking at our children in the most lewd positions imaginable. Now, who do you think is responsible for shooting these pictures and preparing all of this stuff and putting it up on the internet and putting it out for publication? Do you think it was children? No, it was adults. And the United States will show you, and I believe that we parallel them, and so I have no fear of, of relating these stats, although they're American, because we, we're so closely related to them. We just mimic them. We just mock them. The thing is, if you put it in a per capita situation, I believe you'll even go ahead of the United States in, the, in their corruption. But they're finding out that the majority of people who are behind this stuff, this dirty, disgusting stuff, are fathers. They don't like to talk about it. People don't like to talk about it. But yet it's going on in homes. The mothers don't want to talk about it. They feel afraid, ashamed. The children won't dare to talk about it. But it's happening. It's happening right here in the Bahamas. And fathers are involved. You say, how can you say this? Well, consider for a moment. Consider what you've read in the newspapers in the past few months, the past year about those who are put before the courts for child abuse, for sexually abusing children. Now, when I'm talking about children, I'm not only talking about 16, 17 years old. 
These are the kids here that I discovered when I was doing my research on abortion. One of the doctors told me he sits from his own window. He's not involved in it, but he knows it goes on in place he is. And he sees grown men who pull up with children in school uniform, young ladies, go to the doctor's office and come back out. They had a medical procedure. What is it called? DNC. It's abortion. 15, 16 years. They have a ring of young people. That's not what I'm talking about. That has been going on for years. We're talking now about children. Pre-teen children. Look at the papers. 27-year-old man charged with sexually abusing a 3-year and a 5-year-old young girl. That's the trend today. And the internet is one the primary causes for this. That's quite a statement. We're going to see that this is true today. And I'm doing this because I want to wake us up. Sure, it's bad enough when pagan fathers are doing this stuff. But when you have those who say there are Christians involved and being brought up before the court, then there is something sick going on in our community. And it must be confronted. We cannot hide our heads in the sand. But now what causes or prompts men, fathers especially, to inflict such abuse on young children, boys and girls, even their own? I was looking at a certain thing I did in my service, and it really disgusted me to see a father and a mother using their children as subjects in this photographing them so they could distribute over the internet. What causes this? One source says that research has shown that 40 to 50% of rapists use porn to arouse themselves prior to seeking out a victim. Much of it from the internet. This is backed up some years ago by the famous interview by Dr. James Dobson with the serial killer rapist Ted Bundy. You remember him, don't you? He admitted candidly before the cameras that many times what he did before seeking out his victims, in fact, what it was that really motivated him to look for his young victims was that he viewed pornographic materials, much of it on the Internet. Listen to these U.S. stats. In fact, you can look at it on the screen. Perhaps you can turn the lights off a little bit as we show this, please. And we'll go through this rapidly, but I just wanted to bring it to your attention. I want to shock you this morning. Because, beloved, is anybody who has got to be in the forefront of being pure in our lives as fathers, as families, as believers. And some things we just cannot allow to go on anymore. But let's take some quick glances. I say that most of these stats are from the United States, but I believe that they parallel us very well. Tell us that pornograph, pornography is an eight billion a year business. It's becoming rapidly that way here in the Bahamas. 17.5 million surfaced, that's those who go on the internet, visited porn sites from home computers in January 2000. A 40% increase four months earlier. Four months! That was the year 2000. What do you think it is today with the increase, with the, the uh, bandwidth of computers and all of this happening faster and can make more searches and so on? What do you think is happening today? 
Web surface spent $970 million accessing porn sites in 1988. This is, needs to be updated, of course, but I just want you to see that that hasn't decreased. It has increased. Porn accounts for 69% of the 1.4 billion pay-to-view online continent, uh, content market compared to video games, which is 4%, and sports, which is 2%. I saw a research that says that the income from pornography on the Internet is more than what they get from NBA, that's the basketball, football, and another one combined. Combined! Pornography is a 13... Oh, we looked at that one. No, we didn't. It's a $13 billion industry in the States, more than the combined annual revenue of the Coca-Cola and McDonnell Douglas corporations, and they make a lot of money. The U.S. porn revenue exceeds the combined revenue of ABC, CBS, and NBC, $62. billion at this time, which, while child pornography generated $3 billion. 50%. 16% of the Internet's porn materials are accessed through America Online. That means that all of us, no, I got off of that, to an AOL, may be contributing to this. This gets kind of touchy. This brings in $7 million per month via porn. Cyber porn, that's on the internet, sales accounted for 8% of last year's 18 billion e-commerce. That's business on the web. The top internet porn site boasted more unique visitors, first-time visitors in January 2000 than ESPN, CDN Now, or BarnesandNobles.com. In the U.S., nearly 900 theaters, I believe this has increased. In fact, I know it has quite a bit. In the U.S., nearly 900 theaters show porn films and more than 15,000 adult bookstores and video stores of porn material. And we're getting them out here. We're getting them out here. It has been shown that those who are addicted to pornography, men especially, women are involved, but not so much as men, and a lot of them are fathers. That's why I'm talking about this today. Because fathers are models for the children. And the fathers leave it on the computer for the children to find it. You see? How does it begin? Well, I don't want use in this stuff, but you know, I go away as a business. I go to the bookstore. Nobody's watching me for Nassau, and they don't know me. And so I go to the Playboy. I want to look at the pictures. So I start. That's all the kind of the pictures. But then you go up to Penthouse, and you go to these other more graphic and raw material and so on you you're having it in your room at your hotel you're looking at it on your tv in your hotel because you can do it you see now what is watching we think that god is watching but that's how it begins and we'll talk about this more later on Research has shown that 40 to 50% of rapists use porn to arouse themselves prior to seeking out a victim. That's quite a high number. We like to say today that rape has nothing to do with sex, or not much to do with sex, it has to do with power. That might be a part of it, but more research is showing you that rapes are caused by people who watch porn, and it has to do with a sexual desire, and not a pure one, but an impure one. 
40 to 50% of rapists use porn to arouse themselves prior to seeking out a victim. Even brief exposure to violent forms of pornography can lead to antisocial attitudes and behavior. In other words, a more aggressive attitude toward women. Why is it that so many of our young men are so aggressive and violent toward our young women? Search their lives. I'll bet you'll find them watching pornography, either on the internet or going to X-rated movies or getting the videos. Or they have HBO. We can talk about HBO in a moment. Studies have shown that experiences, that exposure to porn can lead to increased desensitization to sexual violence and rape. We become used to it. We see all this stuff on TV. We see it in the, it, it doesn't make a difference. Admit it. There are some things you watch on TV that 10 years ago you would not even dare look at. But now you sit before it and nothing happens. In fact, you're looking for something a little more raw. That's how addiction goes on. That's how it begins. And that's how many of our men, our young men, and our fathers become addicted. Listen, in case we don't have time to finish this, let me interject a lot of things right now. Watch out how you use your computer at home. Don't allow your child to have a computer in their room that you cannot see all the time. See? Don't. Don't say, well, he, he, I could trust my child. Oh, yeah? People who are addicted to this sort of stuff could lie to you and you think they're preaching the gospel. You see? Learn about protecting your child and yourself who comes over. They have all kinds of things. We're going to be coming back to this and we're going to give you some information if you need some of how you can put safeguards on your computer. But listen, this computer, although it has such benefit, it's also has the potential of being one of the most destructive things for our families if we're not careful with it. And I talked about HBO. Any, suppose I ask you right now, how many of you have HBO on your internet? How many would you raise your hand? See, because you're afraid. <laughs> you're embarrassed, but a lot of you do. I did when it first came in. It wasn't too long ago, but we stopped it. That's what you should do if you don't hear anything else here. Stop. Stop subscribing to HBO. You see? You watch it, your children are going to watch it. This is a dangerous thing we're talking about here. Listen to this now, because some people like to say, oh, no, no, you hear this and I have that. No, it's not just on TV that causes anybody to do anything at all. You hear that from those people when it talks about children and the kind of shows that come on for children and all. So no, 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 none of that. But yet, why do, they why do we advertise? We don't think it's going to influence us. It's, it's just so silly to me. But listen, here is something that's happened the last couple of days in Canada. Now, I was going to show you research is not only happening here, it's happening in the States, it's happening in Canada, and it's happening in, in, uh, in England as well. But here's a report from Canada, Ontario. It says, Ontario vows child pornography crackdown. A child's killer revelation in an Ontario courtroom last week, that's just passed, that his crime was a direct result of his addiction to internet-based child pornography. And I want you to see this. A direct result prompted Attorney General Michael Barron to immediately promise to rid the province of what he called this horrible cancer, the Toronto Star reported. Barron's statement followed Michael Breer's admission Thursday as a sentence at a sentence hearing in Ontario's Superior Court. 
that he was driven to kidnap, sexually assault, and strangle 10-year-old Holly Jones after viewing child pornography on the internet. The National Post reported that he said it made him decide to act out a lifelong fantasy of having sexual relations with a little girl. The Post noted that this is the first time in Canada that such an explicit course and effect relationship has been drawn between the consumption of child pornography and the sexual brutalization of a child. And that's what it is. It is brutalization. In his confession to police, Breyer uh, reportedly said, the simplicity of getting child pornography material on the internet, it's close to mind-boggling. It's so easy. He says, I have never understood how come the whole thing wasn't shut down just because of the nature of it. See, this is what I want to encourage you to do. We have got to start, start protesting this kind of stuff. We have got to be, start writing or telephoning or whatever it is that the people are responsible for this kind of a thing going on in the Bahamas. We as Christians must oppose this kind of thing. No doubt about it at all. Otherwise, our children are going to be ruined. Now, who's doing this? Listen to this. In a recent survey, a total of 18% of clergy, as preachers like me, a total of 18% of clergy said they visit sexually explicit websites between a couple of times a month and more than once a week. Now, I don't do that. But I'm trying to show you it's done even by the church. It has been found that in the Roman Catholic Church, you know all of that, that uh, fewer they had over there? That is also a truth from some of the men who are actually guilty. Pornography was one of the major causes for that. At one Promise Keepers event, 50% of the attendees admitted to dabbling in porn during the previous week. These so-called what? Evangelical Christians, born-again Christians, fundamentals, fundamentalists. More than 70% of porn is downloaded between the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. in this state. What does that tell you? During working hours. When you think your manager is in the room figuring out all that stuff, you smile, but that's exactly what's going on. That's exactly what is going on. 80% of women and 30% of men will meet offline with those they meet online. Look at the recent news. A lot of the kids who were killed met their killers on the internet. Pornography is not a victimless crime, as some suppose. Rather, it is the structure of the core unit of the country, the family as well. It is a fact that today, internet pornography is increasingly being cited as a cause for increasing divorce rates. That's right. We have husbands who have no relationship with their wives anymore. Why? Because they cannot be satisfied enough because of what they see on the pornography sites. It's happening. It's happening right here. Take a look at your own life. What's happening in your home? Are you hiding behind some of these things? You don't want to look at it? I tell you now, you better confront it. Because it's going to tear your whole family apart. It's going to tear you apart. Watch out for your children, your boys and girls. Make sure that they are protected. Now, just a few moments. I just want to show some things from scriptures here. The scriptures, the word sensuality means lasciviousness. It's a Greek word that has to do with public sexual excesses. William Barclay, a, a Greek scholar, puts it, points out three characteristics of this word, 
licentiousness, and licentiousness and sensuality. He says, it refers to wanton and undisciplined action. Two, no respect or regard for others, completely indifferent to public opinion and public decency. That's why pornography is a isolated action. In other words, it's very, very rarely done in groups. It's done by the individual by himself. It's detached. And that's what this whole thing is, something that is detached. We'll deal with this some other times. Fathers, though, who are fathers indeed, should not be involved in this kind of licentious behavior. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 27, You've heard that it was said, you should not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks on a woman to lust for her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you. For it is better for you that one of the parts of your body perish than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. What is he saying? You need to take drastic steps when you are dealing with things that are going to destroy you or your family or your relationship to God. Drastic steps must be taken. Does it mean taking your computer away from your child if it has to? Does it mean let him not watch TV because he says he's, he, 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 he wants to watch TV and he wants to watch if it has to? Wives, those of you who have a feeling right now that your husband is doing this on the internet, you need to confront them. And if they want to deal with it, they need to see, of course, they need to turn to God first of all in repentance. That that's, goes without saying, of course. But then you need help. You need help. And one of the ways you can start securing this is make you be in charge of the password for your computer, for your husband. You say, but the husband is the head of the home. Not here. Not here. See, not here. Jesus demands purity of mind for his disciples, even to the point of radical enforcement. And listen, mostly men who are mostly fathers are involved in this kind of stuff. That's why I'm bringing it out today. Mostly men who are mostly fathers are involved in this kind of trash. This is what Paul says in Romans 1. God gave them over in the lust of their hearts to impurity that their bodies might be dishonored among them. Pornography is a sign, in other words, of God's judgment for rejecting them out of life. It's not the judgment. It's a sign that they've already been judged and, reject, and, and has rejected God out of their lives. Friends, this is a serious business here. James says in James 1.14, Each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own what? His own lusts. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth to death. This is a unique and clear description of what pornography does to a man, a young person. The temptation begins with an evil desire, the inward craving to obtain more than what we have a right to have. Then it progresses to being dragged away and enticed. It's important to notice in the scripture that we are not enticed away, but we're dragged first. We're dragged by our own lusts. Here's, quickly, and we're going to come back to this when I return from vacation. Reasons to reject sexual impurity or pornography. One, it is a misuse, it's a misuse of the members of our body which belongs to God. There's a lot to say on this. Secondly, it wrongs another, our spouse and our, uh, or the one who is lusted after, and even our children, it takes advantages of them. It goes against God's call to purity. It leads to God's judgment both here and in the future. 
And this involves Christians as well, but standing before the judgment seat, the beamer of Christ. But most awful of all, it leads to rejection of God himself from our lives, according to Romans 1. And again, this kind of behavior involves mostly men who are mostly fathers. That's why I'm talking about this today on Father's Day. And here is what Paul says. And this is all summary of what we're going to be, a, 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 a preview of what we'll be talking about later. Philippians 4 it says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. This is what we're asking fathers who are fathers indeed. Let your mind dwell on things that are excellent. It has nothing to do with pornography. It has nothing to do with lewdness or lasciviousness. If men, especially fathers, would commit themselves to obeying this passage with God's help, internet pornography would cease. And as a result, so would sexual abuse against children. It's what you feast your mind on that's going to direct your behavior. Here's some other guidelines as we close. First, regarding children. Supervise or restrict use of computers as well as TV. You say, well, we don't live in that kind of world today. We let our children make the decision. That's why they're going to ruination. You parents, we parents have been given to guide our children, to supervise our children, to lead them into a life of morality. And sometimes it takes aggressive leadership, you see. And we must do that. It's important for us to realize that. It's better to hurt their feelings now than to have their life disgraced in the future. Secondly, check their computer-based homework. Oh, yes, check it. Just because it comes from school, why well, so glad my, my, the teacher of my children, they give them homework. They go, you, how to use the Internet. What are they looking at? Do you know? And we could expand this to other things, but right now it's only that that we look on. Concerning adults, appoint your spouse as your person of accountability. I'm saying that because this is how we deal with these situations right now. We've constant people along these lines, believe it or not. And one of the things we say, let your wife have the password for your computer. Bring your computer man out of your room, put it in the living room, so your wife can see what you're looking at all the time. Not me, I ain't gonna do that. That's a sign right there that he's guilty of something. <laughs> serious, that's a sign right there that he's guilty of something. And this is, te- this is serious now, folk. I'm talking about your children. I'm talking about abuse. You have a child brought up in this stuff, they'll become aggressive, they'll become violent, and they'll treat people like dirt. See? And fathers, as spiritual leaders of the home, are responsible for leading the children in a very aggressive way for the glory of God. Here it is. Cancel your HBO cable account. I tried. Some people say, this was my excuse, but I got it. I like to have it because I can watch special sport events and special things, you know? Good excuse, eh? James, you're going to be enticed away, you see. Cancel it. It has no redeeming social value whatsoever. You see? None whatsoever. And so I say to you, as we close out, and as I say, this is only the beginning. We're coming back to this because I think it's so important. 
Fathers, take the lead in all of this. You are the spiritual leaders of the home. Do not lead your children to hell and into moral corruption. Lead them into doing things that glorify God. You are the guardians of you and your child's moral future. With God's help, you can stop the abuse. With God's help, you as fathers can stop the abuse. But to do so, you must be fathers who are fathers indeed. You must be fathers who are fathers after God's heart. May God grant us to be fathers in this area of our life. To save our children and ourselves from the moral corruption that has been imposed upon us from every area of this corrupt culture in which we live. Christians can do it. Because we have the word, we have the Holy Spirit, and we have one another. As always, 